0: Have there been times that you've pretended to be busy at work?
1: Do your performance evaluations seem to evaluate everything but performance?
0: Have you ever noticed people who seem really busy don't actually do more than anyone
1: else? Did you know that employees with unlimited vacation time generally take fewer
0: vacation days? If this is you or you can relate to these topics, then listen to our new podcast, The Busyness Paradox. Here, we share our opinions and takes on current events in business or personal development or just succeeding in this paradoxical workplace. Because work has changed,
1: especially recently. But the way we make people
0: work really hasn't. That's what drives us to talk about these things in this podcast. We're really, really excited to be getting into these issues because we think there's a great opportunity for workplaces, organizations, to really change the way we do business. business. business So, just to tell you guys a little bit about us, I'm Frank Butler. I'm a professor of management down at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. My doctorate is actually in strategic management, so I'm more on that sort of top management team, macro perspective of organizations. And my co-host here... I'm Paul
1: Harvey, and I'm a professor at the University of New Hampshire. And my doctorate is in organizational behavior, which is basically the study of people in the workplace.
0: And so really what's happened here is that I take a a top-down approach to examining business, whereas Paul really looks at it from the bottom up.
1: And we meet in the middle because we both agree that people are what make the workplace work.
0: And and really it comes down to it's people that make organizations successful. So how did we get to this idea? Well, first, you know, we probably should talk a little bit about our backgrounds. And, and, and I think it really starts actually with how Paul and I met, um, Paul and I met at graduate school at Florida State University. He was several years ahead of me uh, in the PhD program in management, and I was brand new. But we were scheduled to, or we were set up to share an office. And I walk into the office and I look over and, and, and Paul's using this old white MacBook. I guess it was, was it an iBook still? Or was it an iBook? A, it was an iBook, right? G4 or iBook. 2005. So kind of dating us a little bit, Paul, but. Yes and it was quite
1: new back then too like that was like my new laptop in 2005 so yeah
0: right rolled. exactly and i was like oh my god as it's, it's a mac user and back then it wasn't like macs were this huge pervasive product or apple wasn't as well known outside of the ipod as it is today obviously with iPhones and such
1: but i keeping in mind that this is in the context of a business school
0: right Heavily, windows. we may have
1: had the only two Apple products in the entire building that weren't iPods. <laughs>
0: exactly. And we're office mates. And we're office mates. I had, a, I had an iBook. It was the white iBook. Paul had the iBook. And we were both like, oh. And I think that sort of made it like, okay, I like this person. And I, it, it sort of just started from there. We should do a podcast someday. <laughs> yeah, back then we were even thinking of podcasts. I don't think they existed back then. I don't there. think they existed back then. I think then. it was just radio shows. <laughs> but you know, we've stayed we've stayed in touch, you know, ever since we've been uh, I would say pretty pretty close friends all through that and and seen the ups and downs of each other's, you know, personal lives and work lives, whatever, it's been going on and and uh we we started talking about things that 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 really I guess bothered us about what companies do. You know, we would just be like, man, did you see this article about this? Or did you see how this company is doing this? And we just...
1: And not just what companies do, but also in in a lot of cases, the public response to what companies do, either from the media or from from authors of management books, the type of thing that you see on the shelves at Barnes & Noble, which we often saw as kind of an over overly simplified view of very complex problems.
0: Oh man, I tell you, those those like seven things you should do to be a better manager, you know, or-
1: Unlock your inner management guru, do these five things.
0: Right. You know, both both of us realize that we have this sort of, I, I don't know, It's it just, it makes my skin crawl to see those because truly, you know, with all these books out there, you would think that everybody's now slaying their workplace environment and being super successful. Everybody's now making six-figure salaries. But, but the reality is that they don't. And, and it largely comes down to these, these things oversimplify truly complex situations. And, and while there's some benefit to simplifying things, they oftentimes make it seem like everybody's doing this. And the reality is that one size doesn't fit all. Never.
1: Never. And even things that seem like problems are not necessarily problems for everybody, for every company. And things that seem like good ideas, like unlimited vacation time can sometimes be detrimental. So it's never as simple as we are often led to believe.
0: Exactly. And and that's, and that's those are those kinds of conversations we had. And we both were like, man, I, I mean, I just remember it's like, we were talking about this. Like, I said, you know, I've been really wanting to get uh, a radio station, actually, or a show on our on our public radio at the university down here. And I was like, I've been wanting like a, a a radio show, and it kind of evolved. We were talking about this. Is like, you know, Paul wanted to do a podcast. I was like, I really want to do a podcast, and I and I think it was just really more about just trying to lay out the complexity of issues when we have to, or just talk about good or bad things in the workplace, you know, just in general, or things that we think are interesting that could help make you a better employee or better manager. But we're going to do so without telling you there's this five steps to success kind of thing. It's more along the lines. You have to find what works for you and you take that information and try to dissect that, how it's going to best help you.
1: Right. In some ways, it's almost like we're doing the opposite of simplifying We're trying to uncover the hidden layers of complexity that we often need to deal with if we actually do want to be successful in the workplace
0: yeah and, and that's that's it we we just want to talk about these things and bring those issues to the to the front and and really quite honestly we we do believe that it's time for organizations to maybe rethink some of the ways they do things and, and not in a negative way but just in general it's like hey Because people matter and because people make organizations successful or not, or the way we treat them or don't treat them, it's something that we want people to listen to, managers, employees, so they can help ensure that they're all maybe thinking about the more complex aspects of these, but realizing that flexibility at the end of the day is probably going to be what's key. And I think that's it. It's flexibility of how we think about the world today because of... What we can do.
1: Yeah. Going back to our earlier point, work has, in a lot of ways, fundamentally changed, and the way we manage organizations hasn't always kept up with that. Look at how technology has, and has not, impacted the way we do our jobs. We can do tasks, calculating a spreadsheet, uh, God knows what else in maybe seconds or minutes that used to take days or weeks. But we're not, as a society, as a human race really, not that much more productive than we were 30, 40, 50 years ago. Most estimates say we we gain maybe 1% or 2% per year in terms of efficiency. But we've got the technology to do so much more than that. So we're, we're underutilizing things that are, that we have at our disposal.
0: Yeah. We're underutilizing things that actually are now unlocked because of that change. For example, you know, because it takes, you know, sometimes matters of seconds to update an Excel table versus going through and filling out the old paper versions back in the early eighties. Now that person has time to work on developing themselves or the company can do more to help develop them or better yet, you know reward them with different activities i mean there's so many different ways of coming about these and we just want to do that we want to have these conversations around the 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 in a lot of cases the lack of change in how we expect people to work and maybe think about how can we make that better for everyone and actually ultimately have a great impact not only on the people but again on the organizations the customers the environment, whatever it might be and whatever the topic might be that we'll, we'll brush upon.
1: And boy, there's really never been a better time, I think, to have these conversations because the world is kind of forcing us to hit the reset button anyway right now with uh, all the COVID-related changes that we've seen inside and outside of the workplace. If there is ever a time to step back and take an objective view of how we work, how we work together, how we manage other people, we'll never have another opportunity like we have right now.
0: And that's it. It's, it's just, it's the time, it's the place. Yeah. So, you know, we're excited about this, this whole idea. And, and, I, and I said it a little earlier that, you know, we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit um, to give more insight as to who we are. Um, I, I'm from Savannah, Georgia. I'm, I grew up in the South. I went to the university of Georgia for my undergraduate degree, um, which I got in management information systems at the time. That was the big thing today. It's about data analytics. You know, we built the databases. They're not using it to, you know, figure out that your purchasing behaviors might mean that you're pregnant or something like that before you even know, you know, there's crazy how much that's changed in its own right with technology. Um, so we are using technology in some ways to its potential.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> Where it makes us more money, even though we don't yeah. realize that if we used it appropriately here, we'd probably make even more money right. too. But you know, that's rational. That's maybe too rational. Right. Um, you, I've started my own business, uh, I guess a couple at this point. Um, Paul, I know has as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Long
1: time ago now I was, uh. Boy, what are we talking about? Mid to late 90s, uh, co-o- co-owned co and co-managed a small home improvement company. I think your entrepreneurial ventures were more involved than mine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Converting people from dial-up to broadband, you know, by helping them wire in some Ethernet ports or Wi-Fi, you know, it, no, but truly, you know, that dates me too. but our business was helping small to medium-sized businesses convert from dial-up to broadband and you know, really helping change the way they do business. Predominantly in Athens, Georgia, back then I was a, I was an undergrad with a colleague or actually a great friend of mine. Um, we co-founded the business and just had a lot of great success because at that point, you know, it just everybody was charging huge rates because they wanted to use this real expensive equipment for businesses. And they, most of them you were found too small a to niche. niche. Yeah, we found yeah. our niche and, you know, I had a lot of run with that. I, I ended up after graduating uh, from Georgia, I lived in Atlanta for a little bit, working for a decision support system company. Basically, we wrote software for hospitals to help management make decisions. I was the quality control guy for that. Um, And then I moved to Germany, uh, originally in a study abroad program for a year. Um, Ended up, part of that was as an internship. I got that internship turned into a full-time job, so I stayed an additional two years. Uh, And that actually led to me uh, figuring out that I wanted to get a doctorate. Uh, in mergers and acquisitions. And, and that was something that, you know, probably touch on it at a later point. Uh, and then I, I came back to the States, got headhunted by Bearing Point, which is a IT consulting firm. If you know Accenture, uh, Bearing Point was the major competitor, but Bearing Point doesn't exist, which shaped a lot of the way I thought about how people matter in the workplace. Before I kind of didn't care <laughs> and I didn't really <laughs> think about it, but the way Bearing Point functioned and, you know, it, it sort of started that kernel of, you know, people matter and they're the ones who make these companies really successful. And, uh, they're part of that. A lot of things that go into making, uh, the organization work. And I ended up going to Florida state. I've been at the university of Tennessee, Ch- uh, Chattanooga ever since I graduated from grad school. Um, done a lot of work with veteran entrepreneurship program. I'm the fact- faculty director there, teach exec ed, so on and so forth. But I love engaging with the practice. I don't just like to be in that theoretical mindset. I want to help people improve their understanding of organizations, do better, be more successful in their organizations, what have you. And, and, you know, I I continue to teach in Germany. I love getting exposure to different cultures. I teach uh, exec ed program in Mexico. Uh, You know, just, just getting these broad experiences that help me think more about businesses and business success and really just about what it takes to be you know a better minded person and to understand that flexibility is is key, and with that you know paul Paul can share his also very um impressive career to this point
1: yes, I'm a very uh detail oriented individual who never forgets things like <laughs> office hours started five minutes <laughs> oh, ago <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> no i just uh I put it on my phone zoom so i'll just keep an eye on it oh yeah yeah i am uh not infrequently referred to as the consummate absent-minded professor and uh, i'm I'm okay with that but uh, i didn't begin my professional career that, that way i got a degree in finance from the university of connecticut in 1999 i think and Went to work in corporate finance for about three years, I guess. Uh, United Technologies, big conglomerate company up in uh, Connecticut. And while I was there, I already had some idea that you know the, the academic side of things, research, might be something I was interested in. So I worked in finance. But what I found was interesting was... Not so much the numbers, the numbers, they'll, they'll generally do what you tell them to, but the people and the fascinating, sometimes strange, sometimes baffling things that people do in the workplace that you wouldn't expect those same people to do outside of the workplace. Things like pretending to be busy when you're not actually busy. So anyway, come to find out, there's a whole field of study that basically examines that, the the behaviors of people in the workplace or in organizations, called organizational behavior. So once I made that connection, it was just a matter of time. I knew my career was heading towards academia at that point. I started and finished at Florida State University a little bit before Frank did. I then did something I swore I would never do. When I left the Northeast, Went to Florida. I said, I'm never coming back north. <laughs> I can't stop. I never liked the cold. I don't want... Yeah. And so naturally, I took a job at the University of New Hampshire, farther up north than I'd ever been previously. <laughs> and I've been there ever since, uh, 13 years and and counting at this point. And, and in a lot of ways, it's been a great merging of my academic and professional past, because there's a lot of companies here that do the sort of work I was familiar with in my United Technologies days, Uh, defense manufacturing, uh, propulsion systems, Raytheon, all that fun stuff. And so I've had a lot of opportunity to, like Frank said, step out of the ivory tower and interact with People who are in the business world, in the working world. And to kind of marry that, those conversations with what we see in the research that folks like Frank and I do. And I like to think, get a fairly balanced perspective on both the academic and the practical side of workplace challenges.
0: And all that leads us to feeling like we we could talk about these kinds of things. You know, our backgrounds, our quote unquote expertise, if you want to say, Um, you know, we we really, because we enjoy the organizations and what makes them work, you know, apart from the actual theoretical understanding, you know, we take that and help us inform some of these conversations we have. But there's a lot of things that we don't actually do research on or necessarily read the research on, but we still have feelings about them and and sort of like to dissect that. You know, we like to have conversations around those things just to get the different viewpoints because- Because of Paul's perspective, you know, especially at the more micro end and mine at the more macro end, we come to discuss things from kind of different perspectives that one might not have seen. And so sometimes we have these aha kind of moments like, oh, you know that, wow, you're right, you know, or I didn't think about that. And I think that's what makes this interesting and fun because of our, our differing backgrounds, but yet we 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 get along so we we enjoy at least <laughs> having these conversations and really yeah. so because of the, you know these these things we felt we've got to do a podcast we or we got to have these conversations because we want to actually start having this conversation with others too and so that's why we think this is great you know and and we'll get we'll share this information but you know we we have a website where you can find our twitter or linkedin and and, and all of that so we can start having a conversation about these topics so Um, that, that's something that we want to do is we want to have you guys go to our website, busynessparadox.com. I mean, crazy hard, right? But no, the reality is that busynessparadox.com, you know, you can sign up for the newsletter or find our Twitter handle, LinkedIn site, email us and be part of that conversation, tweet us, what have you. But, and please do, because, you know, we're, we're college professors. We, we get plenty
1: of time listening to ourselves talk.
0: We love to hear ourselves talk. Maybe.
1: Well, you know, I think we're, I think we're tired of hearing ourselves talk <laughs> to some degree. Uh, we want to hear, we want to have conversations. So yeah,
0: We want to include your, your thoughts on these. If, you know, we have a topic that we talked about and it resonates with you, or you want to share your experience, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. And we will certainly bring that up and have that conversation too, and, and include you guys into that conversation. But then you guys are probably wondering, well, if this is about, business. Why did you choose the title, the busyness paradox? We don't know. We actually don't No, but really this, this was actually an interesting conversation that we had. Um, you know, uh, the, the first thing we, we really got is talking about a name and actually just kind of ideas about the po- podcast, um, was from personal experience. Um, you know, it, it was something about work from home and, you know, my wife has to go to the job two days out of the week and work from home three days, but feels like those two days on don't actually do anything. And it really started getting to, it's like, what's what's driving that? And I realized, you know, when you're at the office, you really have to be quote unquote on that whole time. You know, you have to give off that impression that you're working. Whereas when you're working from home, the reality is that you're not working all the time, right? You're going to go up, you get some food, you go to the bathroom, you go outside for some fresh air, you check the mail, whatever, you know. You walk the dog, say hi to the neighbor. Right, and, and at the end of the day, you're still getting the same amount of work done, right? You're just not filling your day by looking busy, yet you're still on Facebook or something along those lines. And so that sort of got us going, okay, so that's being busy at work, but not really being productive. And that sort of led to that notion of talking about busyness. And we're like, but if you really think about it, busyness is just one letter off from business. And that got us thinking, well, there has to be a reason for that. We ended up Googling the etymology of busyness. And I guess it turned out that we were right, right? It's they call it a doublet. So busyness and business are from the same root word he's so
1: nerdy right now, Frank, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: of course we googled the etymology <laughs> as you do, as <laughs> yeah, normal people do, but you know we
0: really want i think you know we didn't want it to be like the business paradox because it yeah, eh, that's not what eh. no we didn't we didn't mean the business
1: paradox, we meant the busyness paradox, yeah, acting busy when you're not really busy and the whole host of similar strange things that we and everyone else does in the workplace. So tell us more. Why does the word business sound like busyness?
0: Well, you know, I, I think what we figured out, and, and, you know, I might butcher the pronunciation, but we found that the root kind of basis for both busyness and business are busy or busygnus. and bizignus and that dates back like to it. yeah, Bezignus, right? It's kind of maybe we should have called it the Bezignus paradox, but I think people would have been it's like, too late. Eh, you know, might not be.
1: Uh, I'll just name name my next dog Bezignus. There you go, <laughs> Bezignus. Right, carry on.
0: Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those that it's actually Old English or Middle English or whatever they call it. But
1: Middle English, I believe.
0: Yeah, I believe it's Middle English. I think you're right. But you know, the 14, whole idea 15th of 15th century. Yeah. What was it? It was big. Bezignus really meant like you were preoccupied, but it could also have meant. Your occupation too. Like somebody could be like, what business do you have or something like that? or, And
1: that – I think that was towards the later path of like the the millennium there. Like the 17th century-ish or 1700s I think is when it started to become semi-synonymous with like occupation, or right.
0: trade. right. Yeah, I mean, you got to think this word dates back to, what, the 14th century or something like that, or 1400s or something? I don't... Farthest back we could find was the 1400s. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, just thinking that that word has been around, and the evolution really does go through sort of one of the the ideas of basignus was uh, it had meanings kind of like anxiousness, but not like anxious as in like the, the mental health anxiety that people do experience, but more along the lines of that notion of restlessness or being preoccupied, which evolved into that notion of occupation but also it also involved evolved into being busy because if like your it was idea of your work of you're busy right what do you what do you what keeps you busy and it was supposed to be what work keeps you busy in a sense and that was again i think around the 1700s and then they started to split where we had business and then busyness and anyway Anyway. we thought good <laughs> we
1: thought it's like it was just cool but really it's the notion of being busy the notion of busyness is really what this podcast is about right it's often takes place in the context of business but a lot of these topics are just as relevant to uh i don't know a charitable organization a, a team
0: right Yeah. And I think that's why we wanted to focus less on it being business and more kind of organizational in nature. And so busyness allows us that sort of, I think, flexibility to explore a lot more topics even, you know, or or, approaches to topics.
1: And to focus on work and our occupations, regardless of whether we identify those occupations with business or some other activity.
0: No, exactly. And, and I think it's important to point out, too, that, you know, there's other words that are similar in a sense, but they kind of deal with that, too. You know, it's like business with the I, whereas business is the Y. But you, you can hear it in the way they're uh, said, though, right? Right? Happiness. Yes. Business. Busyness. If we kept it truly to busyness, busy, or busy to Busyness or bizness, it really would be happiness, silliness, craziness. They're the same kind of spellings, but the way they change and busyness is with an I. So that's something to think about too. There's no Y in that word. So, I mean, there's a lot of little, you know, we geek out on it because we thought it was so cool. But Paul and I have this tendency to really like to find uh, acronyms or words that are play on words, just like when we create the uh waspishness umbrageous sensitivity and insecurity scale aka wussy wussy.
1: we'll talk about that yeah we'll get some other time
0: we're working on maybe the papa scale or something along those lines yes the papa scale so anyway unified
1: the papa papa wussy scale (laughs) actually that would be
0: interesting that actually would go it would oh my god (laughs) Brilliant, man, man, Brilliant. See, we just captured gold. <laughs> so anyway, you know, neither here nor there. Again, we're really excited about this. Uh, we've got to, we're going to lay out some episodes uh, here at the same time. Uh, and we, we're experimenting, you know, we're, this is one thing that we're trying to find what you guys resonate with. You know, the styles, we've got different styles that we started with. I mean, this has been a, a working process. And so at the end of the day, we want to hear from you, what you like, which versions of how we do things do you like better, whatever. I mean, there's, we're- What do you want us to nerd out on for you? Exactly. And how you want us to nerd out on, what What do you connect with the best? So anyway, it, it, join us in that conversation, you know, go to thebusinessparadox.com or email us at, you know, busynessparadox at gmail.com. Or find us at Twitter, at Busyness Paradox.
1: We also like ghost stories.
0: We love ghost stories.
1: And stop right there. The Busyness Paradox is distributed by Paul Harvey and Frank Butler. Our theme music is adapted from It's Business Time by Jermaine Clements and Brett McKenzie. Also be sure to visit our website, BusynessParadox.com, to read our blog posts and for links to the articles and other resources mentioned in today's show.